We're, we're like got some premium dad content. This, this is absolutely premium dad content. We're doing it for the dads. Yeah, it really is. I'd like to dedicate this episode to dads. Sorry about that. Uh, we are Hottest One Hunters and Thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we try to think by and choke. Oh, sorry about that. And uh, review the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices, maybe five, if I keep doing this Macy Gray impression. I thought it was Tom Waits. Try to walk away and I'll stumble. That's my Tom Bernie Wayne. Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my world crumbles when you are not here, and that is why I am running for president. It's all just basically the same thing. <laughs> you heard it here. Macy Gray is basically Bernie Sanders. Sanders Gray 2020. Uh, we have dug ourselves a hole. Uh, most cursed beginning Ooh. to an episode. It was a very serviceable Macy Gray impression, but I'm still wondering whether it was okay. That's Adam Buncher. I don't, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, me too. That's Nathan Harrison. And I've been talking for a little bit already. That's that's Andrew McDonald. And I'm amazing. No, I, can we put a walk it back? <laughs> it's me, Patty and Selma. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this podcast. Almost as good as my March impression. I hate it. <laughs> They're all just Muppets. Yeah. Hi ho, everyone. Oh, Jordan Peterson. We're all gonna go and clean our rooms. Yeah. And just eat meat. Woo! All right, it's time to crack into the final quarter of the fucking nineties. We've been doing so, so much. I don't think the weight of what we're about to do has kind of hit us, but there's a hundred songs. You can break that into quarters of 25, and we are in the final 25. Oh, shit. I think it's been an okay countdown so far. It's been pretty good, all things considered. There's only been, like, a few stinkers. I think we've held on to our chumps for a long time, yeah. which is yeah. maybe a, a, a positive thing. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, there mm. hasn't been that many songs that I've even been tempted to, yeah. to swap out. Yeah, but I, lots, I honestly lots don't of- know if Mr. Mr. Marley is, is gonna actually end up... <laughs> Again, Again, it's not really Bob's fault. (laughs) I wonder if there's a really bad song in this hip. Let me double check. Oh, there's five. (laughs) They all suck. It's the bizarro of last week. Like, they're all terrible. They all all, all have goatees. Well, let's meet them now. At number 25, this is Powderfinger with Already Gone. You've been working all your life. All weekends and overtime. While you're trying to unwind You can't relate to the leisured life Another day meanders by Keeping nature's table time All these things just pass you by You can't relax in a scheduled life Promises already gone There's no escape 
back in the hottest 100, possibly for the last time. Who's to say? Uh, and number 25 there with the song Already Gone. Hey, Adam. Hey, how you doing? We've talked a little bit about Powderfinger, and we're clocking in on some of their biggest hits now that we're in the business end of the countdown. What's your thoughts on Already Gone? Yeah, so here's Powderfinger kind of coming in, trying to do a, a bit of a comforting anthem for the working class, really. Just sure, I talk, can see that. Yeah, this, I, I think that's what they're trying to get at with the lyrics. Um, you know, talking about your toiling day to day and what you're doing and uh, how that can kind of get you down. But also saying that, you know, in the end, uh, I think what, what, they're, what they're trying to get across is it's just the relationships and the, and the connections that you have to other people that really get you through. And uh, it's very important that you keep yourself open to those and don't become too jaded. But also, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you for the misery, but then you just get to the chorus and it's like, keep your love forever young. And then you trail off with this, oh, <laughs> just fuck off. Like, it's just... You made that sound more, so much more like casual than it actually is. It's a, it's actually a good melodic bit in the song. Uh, no, I hate his falsetto at the end of that. I, it, it irks me. Actively irks me. I also wrote irks me in my notes for this song. Yeah, yeah. It's an yeah. irksome song. <laughs> I, I, after, after last week's like powerhouse of five and like obviously quite emotional A party as of well, five if real you party will. Of yeah. five. Um, 1999. <laughs> Uh, like a, it was like a good return to like simpler, more straightforward times. Yeah. I hear Powderfinger, I'm bummed out. <laughs> but, but everyone I, at the barbecue is like, "Oh, I've been holding it in for so long because yeah. I didn't want to step out of the room, but now I can go pee." But just I get it. Like the line, "Keep your love forever young," but just in the context of what you're talking about, it's it's not a solution, dude. I think the sound of the chorus is the best part of the song, though. Like, yeah, I like, think so too. The, no, I, the stabbing the, guitar, fuck off. Don't like it. <laughs> The wishy-washy, like, milk toast verses are very, very boring, though. And the... Oh! Ooh! Some other things I hate. Um, the drums at the beginning alternate from right to left in your in your ears. Not a good choice. Bad. Oh. Shouldn't have done that. That's... It sounds... It doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. The dynamics. I think the chorus is actually too loud compared <laughs> to the verse. The verse is, like... All the verse is too quiet. But again, don't like that. Don't like the guitar. Really? The solo's crappy. When Bernard comes back and he kind of like puts a little bit more performance into the chorus um, after the solo, I think he sounds really good there. And I, I think his voice sounds sounds great. That's the most that I enjoy the song is when that comes in. But Also because it's nearly over. <laughs> I feel like the song gets better uh, as it goes on. When it, it started, does. It when does. it started, I was very much like, oh man, it's one of those Powderfinger songs that I definitely do not like. I think the verses are my main problem with it. All the things I don't really fuck with about Powderfinger, like the softness, the milk toast, meandery, yeah. no energy, those things are really prevalent in the verses, and particularly the first half of the song. I don't mind the chorus, and I think I do think by the end it's a more complete song than it started out to be. But yeah. And, and this done. is and this is the thing as well. Like we've talked a lot about bands talking about you know like the toil of the everyday, and I've actually not as not been as critical on that as you guys have been in the past. And in general, I haven't been as critical on Powderfinger as a band and their songs as you guys may so have been playing catch up this round. <laughs> but I just think there's something about the way it is here. Maybe because they're not just expressing dissatisfaction but they're expressing it not as one with that view but from the outside which mm. they are like that's an honest point of view but that I, I believe that when some bands write about it they're writing about it from being there and it just seems like Powderfinger are from the outside and they're saying like but don't worry guys just keep your love forever young that's all you gotta do yeah I, I'm capitalism I'm sucks with that reading 
Yeah, capitalism sucks, but just keep your love forever young. Go ahead. Why aren't you keeping your love forever young? It's the easiest thing in the world to do. Click your heels together three times and keep your fucking love forever young. What does that mean? <laughs> You're what really does it going. Mean? I didn't put as nearly as much effort into thinking this about is, the lyrics as this. Yeah, this You're is really coming yeah, in hard. Fucked. Well, it's because they got my attention when they started. It's like you've been working all the time and you're tired. I'm like, I relate because I because I am fucking yeah. And then keep your love forever. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not a solution. I can't put that into action, man. Yeah, you're definitely reading way too fucking much into this, man. Like, it, it's it's basically just saying keep your head up, you know? Like, it's a, you oh, know... Oh, good. Okay, thanks. Because that also helps. It's oh, like... fuck off! Don't be sad. If, is that what it is? It's supposed to be kind of a reassuring thing. What do you want from them, honestly? Like, are you are you expecting, like, some sort of, like, okay, here's a way to disassemble this entire situation? No, but what would be better is to say, um, it sucks, I know. Yep, it does. And there's nothing you can do, but it sucks and, we, and other people feel that suckiness with you. As opposed to, dare I say it again. <laughs> I just don't find it as fucking triggering as you. Like, I never have. Like, I've been listening to this song for... Oh, almost 20 years like you know it's one of the better known songs from this record I've I've always enjoyed like the, the little things about this John Collins bass line I think is incredible that, yeah, the bass sounds good I'll where, where it comes up to that little high bit there and where it kind of matches uh, the, the head voice of Mr. B. Fanning and he does a really good vocal performance like I do I do want to say that he, aside from that falsetto that I just think doesn't need to be there that it's stupid I, I think the band does does well enough but just the composition of the song and particularly like what it's trying to do I don't know I don't, I don't want to say that it's entirely abominable but there are some particular irksome things I've never seen that like I like as for, just personally as long as I've been listening to this song that's why music's amazing yeah it's true because <laughs> you can hear different things yeah well, maybe it's just because uh, like I'm also not in a mood for people to tell me not to be upset by the fact I have to go to work for five days a week and, I, and again I've talked about that particular point of view in relation to being brought up in other songs and I've actually come to the defense and saying like no no you are writing from experience it's just something about the point of view that they're expressing man I can't, I'm, I'm not the one who hates the powder thing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This one. yeah, feels good. I, I don't are, like this song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like not, you know, not as mad as you, but equally, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't understand. There's not enough to like, or like, this is this is so high up. Like, I know, I feel like people just get excited about Powderfinger without listening to the song because the song to me is like, how would you get excited about this? I like with practice, I guess, because we've had so many other Powderfinger songs. <laughs> I can understand how people could like it. I way prefer um, the. The, the Ray, Ray song. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was way more fun. Good Day Ray is one of the best songs on the record, for sure. It's a good song. I didn't think this was going to be the one to, like, fire you guys up. Like... Oh, it's just of me. All the, of all yeah. the songs. I'm it's really, it's really just Adam. In the world. It's, it's just me. I it's, mean, like, well, what, what, do you, what do you love about it? I don't love it. I, I'm just saying that I like it quite a bit. Like, uh, I, I think melodically it's really, really strong. I like the shifts between the chorus and the verse from a dynamics perspective. I like the fact that they were... I guess exploring something slightly newer than like more of like the you know they started out grungy and then they moved into the more alternative rock stuff and here it's yeah much more central on the accessibility and the melodic side of things like I've never really like investigate I've never done the genius on on this song's lyrics <laughs> you know like, I just read them that might be it like it might just be like 
literally reading along and that's where it kind of clicks with you whereas i don't think i've ever done that like i've literally just listened to this song like that's always the way i've done it i know how to sing the whole song but i couldn't do the lyrics off my head Um, like i could confidently get up and do it at karaoke because i know the melody so well Mm. but i wouldn't be able to do it if the the lyrics weren't up there as well you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah it's never been my favorite powderfinger song but i think it's a, a pretty strong single all the same and obviously the the voting audience at the time agreed to an extent so a, i think it's I just, an objectively bad song i think i just can't connect emotionally to powderfinger but you're white i know <laughs> i know and you're australian yeah yeah no that's it like and and look maybe maybe some of that is a is a like nameplates thing and if if you showed me a sad powderfinger song but i didn't know it was them somehow oh. i maybe i would and and without that emotional connection, like I just don't think it holds up. But yeah, yeah, it's right. It's not for me. Other people like it. I, I'm happy to stand at the sides and be yeah. bemused by that. <laughs> yeah, mm, I just think it's funny as all. <laughs> yeah, mm, that you like this song. Oh, you mm. like that? Do you? I'm actually laughing. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at all. I guess I, it I, takes all types. <laughs> At the Powderfinger concert. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, you like that one too, hey? Huh? <laughs> Interesting. Cute. It's an, exp- it's an expensive. Bit. No, I paid. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Number twenty-four. It's the return of Macy Gray with "I Try." <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. Ah, <laughs> ah. sorry. I've just got something in my throat. No, you don't. Maybe someone in my throat. No, you don't. Believe that fate has brought us here, and we should be together, babe. But we're not. I play it off, but I'm dreaming of you, and I'll keep my cool, but I'm feeling. I try to say goodbye, and I choke. I try to walk away. Gray coming in at number 24 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That's I Try from the album Macy Gray on How Life Is. Andrew? David. Man, we want to um, <laughs> discuss here, right? Like, I, yeah. I I truly thought... Like, I knew it was coming, but I truly thought this would have been too poppy for Triple J yeah. audiences to vote for number 24. It's weird. Like, it's straight it was, up weird. I mean, lest we forget, this was one of the biggest songs of the year. Yeah. like th- this It was a really, global sensation. But on that, it's a weird pop song, number one, but it w- still works as a pop song when you get down to it and you have a look at it. But it's a weird crossover pop alternative song. That's really weird to yeah, me. Yeah, like the, the fact that this would have more of a voting push behind it on Triple J than Jebediah. Yeah, or Friends like, or, or Rom. Friends or Rom. It's weird, It man. is really like, weird. 
we said when we were speaking about Sexomatic Venus Freak that that gave us a better idea of who Macy Gray is as an artist and a person. Mm-hmm. And listening to this really reaffirmed that belief for me. Like, this is very much just like a classic kind of love song about someone that, like, you want to leave but you can't, like, you hold a, can- a candle song kind of thing. Yeah, like, uh, of a relationship that's already passed. Yeah, yeah, torch um, song. It's, it's yeah, called, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, her uh, longtime boyfriend and, and husband, who they'd recently split up. Uh, oh, it's about a specific person. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I thought it was yes. like a, a hypothetical or a metaphor kind of thing. No, uh, it's all real. Yeah, no, they had a couple of kids, um, and they split up just as she kind of got her solo deal with uh, Epic Records. Huh. Yeah, yeah, her husband. Not epic at all, I bet he said. <laughs> <laughs> Gamers rise up. Oh this does God. not own. This does not own. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I, mean, I remember as a kid, I hated this so mm. bad. Cause Same, it, man. Because her voice is so, so different to anything else in the pop sphere. And it's slow. And, yeah, and it's, it's like a slow kind of thing. It was always on fucking video hits. It makes me think how kids are a bit of a piece of shit because you, <laughs> you just, love it now. No, because but but the only reason I hated it was because it was different, and I in my head I had this rigid thinking, which I which you know like everyone's always like, oh, kids, they're so free thinking or whatever. Nah, man, <laughs> kids are rigid in their thinking. Like, I, they really are. Case in point, heard this song and I went, "That's not how voices are supposed to sound," and I became heaps shitty about it. Kids can be so cruel, stupid kid. It's just like, I, I remember hearing. I remember hearing what, what might be true or might be apocryphal. The thing that like she told her family she wanted to be a singer and they all laughed. And I remember hearing that as a kid and then internalising that being like, yeah, obviously because her voice sucks. Like, it doesn't suck. It absolutely mm. does not you, suck. You just didn't hear it properly because you're an idiot and you couldn't find the, like, a pop singing voice is like Britney Spears' voice mm. or, like, Destiny's Child's voice. Exactly. I yeah. hated like, Tom Waits' voice when I was a kid. I didn't know the, Tom Waits' the as first, a kid. The, the first time I heard it was on Rage and, like, I think maybe someone might... I think Daniel Johns might have picked Big in Japan or some shit. And I'm like, this fucking sucks, dude. Right. I certainly didn't know I Tom Waits. I hated Robert Forster's voice growing up because it was just, like, so talky and so artsy. And I'm like, no, that fucking sucks. I hate that. And now I love both of those vocalists. So, you know, you know. what it is? It's when you're a kid, you're still trying to figure out what that default is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it makes sense in a way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll back and say maybe kids aren't shit. Right. <laughs> Because because you're still trying maybe because you're still trying to figure out like what the norm is because then well, also you because- find the joy in transgressing the norm or finding the joy in the norms being transgressed yeah. later on right like that's and a also separate because, process like, if everything you hear is not Macy Gray's voice then it is it is an exception it does yeah. because it, it does sound completely different to other pop singers yeah um you didn't figure like, that out first yeah I don't hate this song now like I did when I was a kid but I certainly don't ever like think. I really like to listen to I Try. Like, I, it's not a no, song I, you need to hear again. No, it's I don't know. enough. Even though that key change at the end does fuck. Mm. Yeah, 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 it's true. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think it's like, it's just a bit too easy listening for it to do anything yeah. for me as a song. But like, I think if you get into the, the composition of it, it's really nice because it is really vulnerable. And I think the performance is vulnerable in the fact that Macy Gray kind of on a meta perspective didn't actually want to release this song and the record label kind of forced her to wow. so like there's a there's a level of uh, real life vulnerability that kind of comes across there um, the fact that it's written about a real person that meant something to Macy in her life mm. Mm. Um, and, and just also like I think it's expressed in the song so wonderfully in how stumbly and awkward the chorus is <laughs> like that's a vulnerable kind of expression it's like you, you, you're you so caught up in your emotion that you lose your way even in the singing of it mm. you know like my world crumbles when you are not there like 
it's it's off center musical. Yeah. I reckon that's one of the more enjoyable parts of the song. Though. But I think that's what made the song such a breakthrough hit for for everyone who wasn't a child. Like this was such a breath of fresh air. It didn't sound like Other anything music. else. Yeah. But it's still so bizarre to me that this was in the alternative it's culture, yeah. man. Like this is for mums. Yeah, this and, and this is by far the poppier song that we've spoken about in this countdown. Yeah, easily. I'd you say. reckon? Not necessarily in terms of classic pop music songwriting, mm. but in terms of it being not Triple J yeah. sounding. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Madonna, Beautiful Stranger? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a contender. Yeah, yeah. but it's. But it- I guess that, I, I think musically, that had some of like the Herman and the Hermits, Turtles kind of thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is like. I don't know. We talked about Sexomatic Venus, Venus Freak and we were like, oh, I get so much more of a sense of who she was. And then yeah. I go back to this afterwards and I'm like, I feel like I'm losing a sense of who she is again. Like, because I like... It's like they're disappearing people in Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> You're hearing this and then you look at Macy's hand disappearing. <laughs> it's a good performance and like her voice is unique and, and the way she's using it is great. But like... It feels like somewhere between a pop song and a soul song, and it's not enough of either for me to be like, ah, oh, this is why this is such a big thing. Mm. I don't know. Like, coming back to it and trying to think about it, I'm at a loss for... It's certainly why it would be here. Like, I mm. get that as as a different sort of pop song... Why it would be, like why it would be commercially a big, successful. Big commercial hit or whatever, but Number I'm just one. like... Yeah, yeah. By the time people were voting for it, it would have been one of the biggest songs in the world. But like at the time of it, Macy Gray getting played on Triple J and originally getting featured on Triple J, she still would have just been. Obviously, she got two songs in the hottest one hundred. But it'd be so weird to me in '99 to be like listening to Triple J in the car and this comes on on the the breakfast shift. That sounds so weird to me. The way I see it is that Macy Gray was an alternative figure who kind of tripped fell over and landed into mainstream success. You found out that this wasn't even supposed to be a single. She didn't want this song to come out. And yet it's the song that has defined her entire career. I doubt that she would have wanted anything apart from Sexomatic to really kind of reflect on this record and, you know, go into, like, the kind of R&B and the kind of shit that she was doing. Like, the fact that, you know, this kind of soul throwback is the thing that, A, defined her entire career, B, helped launch a, a, a myriad of, like, new soul singers from there, like... You know, people point to the success of people like Amy Winehouse to if that hadn't happened, then we wouldn't have like Adele or people like that. And I'll go even further back to say that Amy Winehouse would have never picked up a guitar or started singing or anything like that if it wasn't for the success of someone like Macy Gray. This is such a throwback to a different era. And I I feel like it kind of spearheaded the new soul movement in, in one way or another. A lot of artists that, you know, were 20-somethings in the 2000s that would have grown up hearing this on the radio and being like, oh, I can make music that sounds like this and still get played. I might only get the one song, you know, Duffy, for instance, you know, just had Mercy and that was it. But at least for one moment, New Soul could rule the fucking radio, you know? And I don't think those kind of artists would have gotten that kind of encouragement and that kind of impression were it not for the impact of a song like I Try. Just because it is so left of center and so unique in its approach and its execution and once you realize 
the impact of that, then I, I feel like you really start to get a, a newfound appreciation for this song. I didn't like this as a kid. Of course I didn't. You know, A, it was by a girl. <laughs> B, it was by a girl who sounded weird. Like, no way was I into that sort of shit. But later on, I feel like this was such an integral part of so many people similar to my age's childhood where we know this song back to front. If this came on at a bar, everyone would sing it. Hockey Dad did this for like a version maybe 18 months ago and everyone lost their fucking shit because it was just like oh hell yeah I grew up with that song too we can debate the actual merits of whether it's a good song or not but in terms of being an important song I think absolutely I'm here for that take my only response is that I still think it's weird that it was this high in the Hot 100 I think that's a reflection on the the bleed the fact that by this point, the Hottest 100 is an establishment and people know about it outside of the the Triple J in crowd. Yeah, you know, this so maybe I, serves as evidence of that. This mm. is also interesting as well because we, yes. <laughs> we now only have a record of tri- Triple J's airplay as the Hottest 100 and we don't hear the myriad, the hundreds and thousands of other songs that were played that may well God be much damn it, I closer just realized what to you did. <laughs> hey, um, it's called branding. Um, <laughs> Five stars. It's, it, you know, there might be heaps more songs that in the context of, of the Triple J playlist of the time that of we course. don't yeah, have recorded yeah, these 100 yeah. songs would make total sense. And I think like this discussion and, and Macy Gray as case study is where the joy is to be found with Macy Gray in 2019. And I think... You know, as much as you didn't get into it as a kid, mm. it was a song that was present that presented a you know a vocal style that was different to everything else that was going on. It was an exposure to a non quote unquote beautiful vocal, and you know that planted a seed. And I've certainly growing up come to appreciate all number of different vocal styles since then. You know, the music I listen to has got all kinds of people doing all sorts of things with their voices, and yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, this this cracked the ice as a child and introduced me to that idea whether I knew it or not which is awesome but yeah, yeah like I said this is definitely not the first nor the last pop song we're going to be talking about in this countdown alone so strap in fellas hey Nathan do you still have any pingers left over from last week? I have some Alright, well, share them around because it's about to get intense yet again. Is it Nathan's brain? He's like, what would a drunk person say? Well, it's like, <laughs> is it funny if I have none or some? Yeah, and it's like, like, what's that? Neither. Alright, and number 23, it's motherfucking fat boy goddamn slim wit. Slim, right here, right now, 
23, 1999, Triple J, Hottest 100, You've Come, Along, Way Baby, Nathan Harrison. This is the first track off that too, which like, oh I mean, obviously, God. but like, this song is just all hype. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yes. like- this and, and obviously, like this has been licensed in so many things because it's literally just the all... year after it was used in the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> this this song is just anticipation. It, it's coming, right? Right. As, as the video suggests, it literally hits the ground running. Yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, Norman, uh, I want you to make an anthemic big beat song for 1999 before we kick over to the new millennium. Fucking nailed it, yeah, son. Yeah, right? I want you to capture that moment that you've been, you know, you've been playing in clubs all these years. That that moment of the, of the build-up and the wind-up that, you know, you play around with so much. I just want that as a song. I want No, f- no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got it right here. Already already done. It's just like... It's whew. it's huge. It's it's like... It, it, I don't want to use the word epic. But it but is! It's epic! It's yeah, so it fucking epic, epic, dude! Man. And it's, it, I think the really special thing about it is that He's doing all that stuff, but it's not with the kind of stuff that we've heard before that he and other other DJs have done, where it's just like a beat building up and the doom, 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 like that thing. It's all in these beautiful strings. Yeah. And just the way that the the shape just grows around these samples and and just this feeling. And like you can't ignore the fact that the actual vocal sample where they're just like like a bit farther away from the mic and we're just that right here right now yeah and you're like oh man it's coming yeah oh lord it's coming right here 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 here. so let's quickly cite samples um angela bassett is the one saying right here right now it comes from a film strange days and big shout out to the person on the internet who gave us the timestamp. uh one hour 43 minutes 21 (laughs) seconds yeah the full quote is this is your life right here right now so even more high (laughs) um and the strings comes from uh james gang and a you know a piece of music with mm. strings called um ashes the rain and i Nice. Mm. Where does the uh, I'm a divine, I'm a dun, dun. does anyone know I where that comes know, from? I looked and I'm not sure. So because Pokemon were big yeah. at the time, I used to go, I'm Mr. Mime. I'm Mr. Mime. That's good. That's Mr. Mime. That is pretty good. I think it's just Norman just saying that. I he, love he does it live every time. The actual textured, like the, the drum beat. that It's so like, like thick. It's thick, man. Okay. Oh. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's, it's dummy thick. It's, it's dummy, dummy thick. <laughs> so the, the genre is big beat. Yeah. Could this be the biggest beat yeah it's, like, it's it's so good that the genre is called big beat like, yeah 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 and big again it's all the time mm. yeah. how much more big could they be yeah. the answer is none it's such a thud it yeah. sounds like it's like behind a wet blanket or something mm. it's oh absolute training montage song right yeah oh, like time. if you need if you needed to get hype training for montage, anything sports montage like highlight reel because it's it's just so hype it's like you got the last vhs copy of rocky in existence <laughs> And ground it down <laughs> and then got Tony Robbins to snort it and then ground down Tony Robbins <laughs> and then you snorted that. Is that's that, how hype that is. That's is, where he went. Is, is, is motivational speaker Tony Robbins your, like, hype beast? <laughs> Have you listened to him say literally anything? Isn't he that guy? He's like a... Believe yeah. in yourself, you can achieve anything, dweeb, isn't he? Oh, a big Tony, time. Tony Robbins. But, yeah. but he also uh. has a voice that sounds like he's coming from the depths of the ocean and he is just oh, literally right. all okay. mouth. He's a giant dude. He's, yeah. a, he's man, like, 
I was just trying to get some uh, some typically hype examples right. to give to the people. Yeah, so the people can be like, yeah, yeah, that's hype. Contrary to Macy Gray, when I was a kid, uh, this was a song I knew. It was around. And oh, I, my God. <laughs> I was so you on board. You couldn't escape this. Yeah, nice. So on board. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I believe this was uh, used partially as the news theme for Power of M at it one was. point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Yeah, it was the, it was the news theme for the, the radio station yeah. I worked at. This song, as a song itself, I probably fuck with a little bit less than other Fatboy Slim songs. Not for the fault of the song in any way, because the song itself, like, I love actually when you're listening to it, the way that the textural patterns all move around one another, kind of thing like that. It's immaculately, perfectly produced. But I think it's hype, but it's, it's not like fun. It's, it's not, not it's as fun as Rockefeller Skank yeah, or exactly. Weapon of Choice. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's, all, it's, about, it's all about the energy. You don't listen to this by yourself and just be like, yeah, yeah, cool. But, it's all about the communal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like fucking yeah. I think it needs to be less fun. I think this needs oh, no, to be it, serious. Exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? No, I, I, I just think I'm not faulting this song. I just think the way that I engage with that boy Slim is more for like Play, Weapon yeah, of Choice for stuff. Sure. But right, this, right. Like, undeni- I haven't seen him live, but undeniably, this like as a set opener or something like that. Or I bet it's like an encore opener, maybe. You'd be like immediately there. You'd have oh, to, you like, you, you, yeah. your body would just be like, take me, Norman. Like, <laughs> yeah. Take me away, cowboy. Yeah. But I, I just, I seriously think this might be my favorite Fatboy Slim yeah, song. Right. I love this nice. big time. Yeah. It, is fucking, it is a fucking incredible song. Oh, and uh, the clip. Great clip. Great clip. Done by our good friends, Hammer and Tongs. Yes, indeed. Oh. Coffee and TV. Huh. With Milky. Yeah, I also love so much that the um, the clip, if you haven't seen it, it's like an evolutionary story, like a fish flops onto the land and then it becomes like a bipedal creature and then it becomes, it becomes man. And I like that the, the final evolution of man is the fat guy wearing the I'm number one, so I try harder shirt. Like, like That's the yeah. end evolution of man. I really like that. People yeah. have often asked me, hey man, why don't you shave your beard? And you look at the cover of You've Come a Long Way Baby and I will tell you that is exactly why. Because that's what I fucking look like. I would like you to get that shirt though, please, David. Dude, <laughs> I would do it in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> if anyone has access to one, at us, hit your boy up. I would fucking love a white try harder shirt if anyone wants to buy us some clothes please, <laughs> please do I could handle some new shoes probably you know oh yeah, yeah. from the video yeah as long as we're, as long as it's always like a reference to yes. something yes. we yes. can we can crowdfund our skeleton onesies you know yeah, like you, all yeah. that sort of shit yeah you, you're allowed to buy us clothes and merchandise but only for fuck's sake if it references something that we've spoken about come on guys that's the kind of stuff you should be buying us as gifts so what's your as payback f- so it's yeah what's your favourite Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my no. favorite Maserati. Whenever I try to get a Maserati, I <laughs> yeah. can't find one. So I'm hoping yeah. that someone buys one for me. I had so much fun yeah. from being in a Maserati. <laughs> I went to buy a new laptop the other day. They were already gone. All the laptops. So. <laughs> Huge. I'm just holding out that I'll somehow get one. <laughs> like I was thinking the other day of um, buying like a PS4, but then I thought to myself, "Don't call me baby. I need a PS4." <laughs> so. uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you get a PS4 now, I'm gonna be so mad. Wait until the PS5 like- comes out. I want that more actually. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't accept a free PS4. Well, five's going to have backwards compatibility. I'm saving, oh, I'm, just gonna, I'm saving the listeners buying me two fucking gaming consoles. That's Wait true. till the five comes out. That's fine enough, okay? And as I soon as it, never as soon as it so comes out. Buy me a fucking PS4. PS5. Wonderwall. <laughs> hey, you know what? 
we're still raving. Let's fucking keep these tracksuits on. Let's fucking keep going. And number 22, this is Madison Avenue. Don't call me baby. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> Coming in at number 22 in the 1999 Hottest 100. That is a song called Don't Call Me Baby. Andrew. David. Now, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but hearing a, such a mainstream song in the Hottest 100 is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, quickly, I mean, the I Try lasted as the most mainstream pop song that we've heard in the countdown Mm-mm. for two songs two goddamn <laughs> songs I really didn't like this one as a kid mm-hmm. I think that, uh, I don't like it now oh. it was, it was oh. too girly as a kid definitely yeah maybe um, you just really wanted to call people baby and you yeah. were like stop silencing yeah, me yeah. it's baby erasure <laughs> see children are not great <laughs> yeah, yeah. just quickly this comes immediately after a song off the album you've come a long way baby so ah, this is you've come a long way baby don't, don't call, call me, me baby, baby. Yeah. yeah direct response <laughs> Wow, we'd want to talk about, right? It's oh, give it a go. Just a yeah, touch. Okay, right. Um, that's why. That's why you're here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this song is about Madison Avenue not wanting to be called baby because that's like a term for young, young humans, and there were adults that, when they recorded this. They were adults. Maybe they have a Benjamin Button disease, and they were fearful. Like calling yeah. calling them baby invokes the disease, and they de-age a little bit. If you had that disease, and you'd be really pissed off if someone called you kid, yeah, because you'd be like, I'm 75. <laughs> but even before you got, yeah, you got to be baby, yeah. it'd just be so when you really are, when you, yeah. So, so this is it's like Benjamin when someone Button. calls me boomer, I'm like, fuck you, man, not yet. I'm a millennial. <laughs> yeah. You never will be a boomer. No, well, boomer age. I think I think boomer will just become when you're old and, and a nah, shit they're, person. They're definitely going to use millennial for that term. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Like how they stopped using millennial for young people even, you know, when they should have. Now millennials When you're like, 60 and fucking shit up for young people, you'll always be a boomer. boomer. Okay, mm. right. I think. Wow. Um... That sucks. Or just, you know, when people call me old guy, I'm like, hey. Who's what do you mean? Who's doing this? It was a bit. And it's, the, 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 it succeeded spectacularly. <laughs> they were all just mad. My, the, the, the most Let's old, go bash them. The most old I've felt once was like so a, couple, young. A, couple, a couple years ago, somebody, um, I saw someone in the park reading a Leonard Cohen book and I'm like, oh, Leonard Cohen, like, like that's a great book of poetry. I'm like, yeah, cool, right, thanks. Um, and then we just parted our ways. And later on, this same person, she was a um, waitress at a cafe I was at. And it was in between that moment and then, Leonard Cohen passed away. And then she was like, oh, I thought of you when, uh, Leonard, when Leonard Cohen died because we had a chat about him. I'm like, oh, yeah, fully. She's like, yeah, oh, I wonder how that gentleman's doing. I'm like, that gentleman? 
I'm. She's referred to me as that gentleman. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh no! I feel You're a gentleman, years older, man. Oh, it's no. like that guy. I'm still a guy. That, that dude. Yeah. That bloke. Yeah. 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 Don't call me He's gentleman. <laughs> Um, yeah, because I've got a reverse Benjamin Button disease. Every day I oh become a little bit older. It's a really weird disease that I have. Calling me gentleman invokes the disease. Much like the Madison Avenues. Yeah, there we um, go. Let's bring it back. The beat kind of doesn't work for me. The vocals... Like, I, I obviously, like, the real... Man, that bass, though! The bass is all right, yeah. so It's a sample from Maqual Idea by Italo Disco artist Pino D'Angio. My pronunciation was flawless. Don't bother looking it up. <laughs> um, By the, uh, checks notes, it's a me, Mario. <laughs> um, what I really want to talk about with Madison Avenue is um, their aria performance with the glass of water. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Very good. Man. Oh, oh no! I don't, even, I don't think I know about this. Ah, when Madison Avenue performed at the only nine or two thousand aria, they performed a medley of their songs like this and um, Who the Hell Are You? Who the Hell Are the You? Other big yes. Yeah, because yeah. they're one of the rare instances in which they're a two-hit wonder. Yeah, two-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. They and they're performing a medley. Oh, what about that? Wasn't it reminiscing or something by them? That's the Little River Band. No, they're I'm, often mixed up. Thank you. I think they had a third song that did okay, but obviously not as right. good as those two. Anyway. Um, yeah, they were They hate being called Little River Band. It's just called <laughs> Little River Band. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter how we're big it is. Yeah. We're all grown men. Yeah. <laughs> big River Band. <laughs> we're big boys now. Big River Band. <laughs> yeah, and when they were performing at the Arias, the singer, she cl- she motioned that she would needed a drink of, like, needed to quickly quench some thirst she had partaken of. Really? Um, yeah, she partook of some thirst. <laughs> I've, I've had enough thirst for now. <laughs> I'll go back to drinking. Christ. And they gave her a glass of water. And then she didn't, get, she didn't have a chance to drink it. So she was just holding his glass of water awkwardly while she was singing and dancing. And then she put the water on the ground right in front of a camera. So it was just like, set a shot, glass of water. And then she keeps going to pick it up and doesn't have a chance and goes to pick it up. Very funny. It's tragic. It's yeah. some like... It's, you feel awful for a minute. Yeah. I wanted, and like, it's like a Beckett play. Like, she never gets that fucking drink as well. Yeah. You wanted to have that drink so much. She, she partook of so much thirst. Like, because surely in the Arias, the most readily accessible form of water would have been bottled. Yes. And a bottle of water came problem. You mm. screw on the top, you toss it away. Yeah. No harm, no mm. foul. But she, someone, she, someone would have... It's, this was like a punk thing, man. It's like, I'm going to give her a glut. That'd be really funny. That's really awkward. But like, she didn't even get a chance to drink it. There was when, not enough when, time. She kept... Lines kept having to be sung, so she didn't have a chance. And then she had to dance with her backup dancers. God, the Arias are a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a wild, eh? Hey? Uh, by the way, I looked it up. Uh, it turns out uh, Madison Avenue did cover Reminiscing by the Big River Band. <laughs> and, uh, wow. yeah. Turns out it was pretty successful. Wasn't Thank technically you. their song, though. So, you well, know. They still had a hit with it. Yeah. A glass of water is like a really little river. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they got the idea. That's where she got the idea. So, so bad. Yeah, so obviously this this song, we've discussed it. (laughs) I think it's a bop. I think it's a bop too. I think think it's sick. I I can't remember if I liked it or not as a kid. And I I think... Be honest with yourself, Nathan. You didn't. I probably didn't. Yeah. Like, whatever. Oh, no. Um, I, yeah, I hated it. Yeah. But but listening to it now, I'm like, no, this is just great. Like, it's just a house beat. And they were like, yeah, it'll do as a pop song. Why not? We don't care. Just get some vocals and a cool bass line on there and 
I like it. But her vocals are very good. They are very good. Yeah, they're, they're perfectly needed for the, her delivery and whatever. has got that kind of like alluring, but, you know, at the same time, stay away kind of energy kind of happening with it. It's it's cool. I mean, I, I could see how you just get behind this. Like, Wait, the- I, I think this is aged really nicely like i think it's it's rooted in the 90s but at the same time that baseline and that and the, the fact it's playing with that kind of italian disco thing makes it kind of timeless in a sense so in the lyrics I, does she say don't call me baby you got some nerve and baby that'll never do yeah you got so she, i thought it was you gotta learn that baby that'll never do oh i thought it because i'm not a baby in that'll never do we, we should just what if only there was a way there's, to find there's, out there's, what there's lyrics no were. way the actual lyrics are because i'm not a baby that will never do <laughs> well like look. my money's on you've got some nerve and baby i think it's nerve do. i think it's nerve you got some nerve and baby that'll never do but then my point is she's calling the person baby which is sassy as hell i'm here for it uh you got some nerve and baby that'll never do really take that mm. Take that. She no, can ma- say no, that No, word. it's Madison Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, so but interesting high concept thing for a song to um, not want to be called a child when you're an uh, adult. <laughs> 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 Who's ready for uh, a fun connecting Oh, oh a fun I think I know it, so go. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. This is why I was wondering whether you wanted to say no, it. No, no, please, Adam. So, Madison Avenue is two people. It's a it's a two part. That's operation. the fun fact. Ma- Madison and Avenue. Billy, 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 Billy Madison. See, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Shane Coates was the singer lyricist, yes. and a guy called Andy Van Dorsalia, which is a sick name. I wonder where he's from. He is from the band Pendulum. No, not the one you're thinking of. The one we've talked about. The ambient band from Perth. Fuck off! Whoa! Except corrections department, they're not actually from. Perth. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know where we got that from. Yeah, I don't know where we got. I just having a discussion. No, where the, the fuck are they from? No, 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 no. Just such oh. a good podcast that we based in a, a bit, uh, and then the title of an entire episode around something that was not even remotely true. Don't come to us for oh. facts. No, because we were saying um, initially, no, not a drum and bass band from Perth, an ambient band called Pendulum. I chimed in and said they're also from Perth, and right, I was okay. wrong. Right, but he's this right. Yeah. yeah, but he's in this. Very yeah. different. Very different kind of techno. Super it, different. No shit. Hmm. Yeah. But you know, does he can do a, he can do a few things, man, Mister Van Dorsalier. And are they still kicking as a band? Yeah. That's an avenue. Yeah. Oh God, no. Surely due for a, a Cash Money reunion tour, though. I think this is, I think it's a bop, though. I'm still gonna mm. I'm still siding with Bob. Yeah. Is this um surprising that it's in the countdown? I think it's less surprising than yeah, Macy I think Gray. So too. Less yeah. surprising than Macy Gray. I'm making a ruling on that. Yeah, I think this makes because sense. it's Australian. Number one, it is Australian, but I also just think that, like, the attitude that this song embodies, I think, plays better with the Triple J crowd. You yeah. know, like, that that kind of sassy... Pe- it, Triple J listeners hate being... Called children. Yeah. Mm, or <laughs> infants. Youth, youth, you know, youth station. <laughs> yeah. I think the beat as well, like, you know, the Italian disco sample, you know, like... That's precedent. The kind of house vibe yeah, to agree. Yeah, that, yeah. That checks out for me, I think. Yeah. David, you vibe with this? Yeah, of course Bop. I do. Yeah, not anymore. Like, not as a kid. Like, I hated this, but like, is that funny? Oh god, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's funny, is all. <laughs> this is so so much fun. Oh my goodness, there's just such a sassy uh, electricity to this song. Like, I reckon 
if this hasn't been done on like a version, like some band could get in there and fucking crush it. Like it's one of those one of those like instantly nostalgic, instantly memorable songs. Like you you drop this at the on the D floor and everyone will go fucking mental. You drop this at a wedding, everyone will go fucking mental. Like it's one of those sort of songs. Yeah, for better and worse, it's kind of plays into the whole retro night. Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of vibe. Big, big time. time, big and little time. <laughs> <laughs> Time to have a little river of my own. <laughs> God damn it. At number 21, this is the once and future king of the Triple J Holders 100, Mr. Alex Lloyd. This is Lucky Star. Step outside your open vein, still inside the deepest pain. The river shines when you come out, but for now you've plasticed out. Buy and sell the things you need. Money comes, you spend, exceed. Waiting for your friends to call. Waiting for the waterfall. Lloyd making his debut in the Triple J Hottest 100, coming in at number 21 in the 1999 Hottest 100, uh, with a song called Lucky Star. It comes from his album Black the Sun. Now, a quick crash course on Alex Lloyd, a Australian musician, former member of Migos. No. (laughs) Skirt! Alex Lloyd is an Australian singer-songwriter who was originally part of a band called Mother Hubbard, who were around in the mid to late 90s. Uh, They split around this point, and Alex endeavoured on a solo career, put out an album called Black the Sun, Uh, and then in 2001, everything changes, and I'm not just talking about 9-11. He releases an album called Watching Angels Mend, uh, the lead single of which goes on to feature in several NRMA uh, advertisements. Uh, and also minorly becomes number one in a certain countdown, but we'll get to that at another point in time. He would never reach that same height, but he has still been putting out music ever since, still tours a lot, uh, and yeah, we're going all the way back to the beginning where this and both the Watching Angels Mend record really lean in on the whole electroacoustic thing that was going on at the time, so like stuff like this and Beth Orton, uh, to a lesser extent, stuff like Badly Drawn Boy, stuff where you're relying on like folky instrumentation, but also adding in like laptop beats and like little synth bits here and there and stuff like that and kind of merging those two worlds together, like drum loops and that sort of stuff. It's in interesting approach and uh i like the way it works here yeah at this point he's still just trying to figure out his whole deal post mother hubbard which was like you know kind of like a barroom kind of annandale like back room of the toad or something like that kind of like rock band and this is him trying to experiment and trying to figure out his style a little bit more i'm fully aware of how naff he is now but i vouch for black the sun and watching angels mend and to a lesser extent his self-titled album but like most those first two solo records as really really interesting like experimental in a way where he's taking elements of both of these worlds and trying to create something distinctive and something unique to him and 
Like, it says a lot that his most famous songs, Amazing and Green, uh, are both songs where he basically does away with one side of it. But at this point, he's at least slightly more experimental. Uh, He has a voice that's an acquired taste, you know, that kind of lackadaisical drawling kind of thing that, you know, can get on people's nerves. But uh, I think it works within the context of the song, and I think it really works melodically. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting things at play here. We're at a stage where Alex Lloyd is still figuring things out as a solo artist and, you know, it's kind of a blueprint of of what he wants to do as a, as a singer-songwriter. I feel like he'd lose that uh, in, in later records and that's kind of why people lost interest in him. You know, like, he got to a point where it's just like, oh... It just sounds like the last thing, you know, like you're not doing anything special or challenging anymore, at least of all to yourself. You know, you could have written some of these songs in your sleep and that's why they haven't tracked and that's why people aren't getting around them the way that they used to. Yeah, I'm assuming none of you have heard this track before, so I'm curious as to to your takes on uh, Mr. Alex Lloyd pre-Amazing. I certainly hadn't heard it before. I think the the sampled drums don't really work for me as they sound a bit off. I don't know. Or if they aren't sampled, they sound sampled or whatever. Maybe I'm just not familiar enough with that kind of electroacoustic blend of singer-songwriter stuff. But um, it, it didn't really work for me. Um, I, I really d- don't like Alex Lloyd's music. This, to me, sounds like a more boring version of Powderfinger. I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Powderfinger are a very boring band, <laughs> and this is like a more boring version of Powderfinger. My um, line was, um, say what you will about Powderfinger, and we did, but they <laughs> gave rise to this, so that's unforgivable. <laughs> I've never been able to connect with the way Alex Lloyd writes music, and I don't do it here at all. I had a shirt of his that said, fuck Alex Lloyd mm, when I was a teenager. That. Found a shirt of his at an op shop and then wrote fuck above his name in black texter. Very, very smart. Johnny cool. Rotten himself. Johnny Rotten himself, yeah. yeah. Very smart, funny, charming <laughs> man I was to, to have thought of such a brilliant piece of satire. It's some real um, shit, hey? Yeah, oh, it's true expanded brain hours. <laughs> I have to find that shirt and wear it <laughs> again. As an oh, dude, if you can, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't fuck with this at all. It's very boring, very not inspiring, not inspired music. Um, yeah. Boring song. Number 21, though. Fucking hectic, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're saying... Triple J listeners voted Black The Sun their album of the year. Mm. He won an aria for Best New Artist. And also, the following year, Best Male Artist, he, he won that as well. So, like, absolutely should be no surprise that it's coming in at number 21. And you know what? Like, I actually was pleasantly surprised with this because I was expecting something more, like, amazing. And what I think I ended up getting was something more like what Ben Lee was doing at this time. Right. Yeah. That's you know fair. What I mean? it, way sadder. Yeah. version like this is this is a like I think very clearly a um this is another depression song really yeah yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's certainly like, it's a sad you, song you look at yeah. the lyrics and it's just you know it's about being you know again it's a it's a miss you love kind of situation being I'm able to connect with people and really needing to but and like I honestly think the melody lines are kind of well handled I'm not gonna go crazy and ride for this song but I yeah I think pleasantly surprised is what I would end up saying um he was on Celebrity MasterChef too no shit. Yeah, he got. Yeah, yeah, he That's got into uh, 2009. He was in the. He was in the t- final four. Which celebrity was he cooking with? That was good. Well, I'm going to acknowledge the joke, but I'm also good. Then going to answer the question. Uh, the other celebrities were in the in the final four, which he made it up to. Uh, Kirk Pengilly. 
from Phoenix uh, Excess. Yes. Swimmer Eamon Sullivan and model Rachel Finch. I don't know who ended up winning. I should have looked that up. But he didn't because he's not cro- Australian television. Yeah. <laughs> his, <laughs> his crock and bush was not good enough. Damn. It was the crock and bush. It's always the crock. Oh, it's always the crock and bush. Always that, the crock and bush. It's those, hard. Those shows, there was a period, man, they had such a boner for making crock and bushes. Oh, like, yeah. I think this was at peak a crock and bush. Yeah. When we were real, at crock and bush surplus. Real crock and bush hours. Where you couldn't walk down the streets of any Australian capital city without tripping over the, yeah. the sous. But the after, after Australian <laughs> darling Alex Lloyd failed to make one, we were like, we have gone too far. Yeah. We know more. Yeah. This was if, too much to expect of him. Yeah. If Alex can't do it, none of us get to enjoy it anymore. <laughs> Do you reckon before they turned up, they did some shots of, like, George Columbaris or whatever the fuck his name is? Alex, this dish was amazing. And then, okay, cut. All right, take two. Alex, this dish was not amazing. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Can someone, if someone can verify that for us, because I, like... I'm not a betting man, but I would place crazy money that that joke was made. (laughs) Mm. Crazy money. It's enough to buy a Maserati. Or uh, someone could just, um... Because if, if someone bought me a Maserati, that would be mm. amazing. <laughs> you would really be there's a, a lucky of, star. There's a lot of, <laughs> really a lucky star. There's yeah. a lot of lucky stars out there. If you would like to contact NASA and name a star after one of us, <laughs> that would be great. Oh, it'd be... Uh, name a sun, surely. <laughs> Wait. Oh, look who's not a big space guy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> look, I'm going to say name a sun. Because it's hot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm so, boy. I'm so dumb. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. I can't believe I'm, <laughs> I'm so dumb. It's crazy how dumb oh. I am. Fuck me. That brings us once again to the end of yet another glorious episode of the best podcast, Hardest 100s and Thousands. Some might even say... It's amazing. Maybe George Columbaris is listening. Hey, man, if you are, pay your workers. <laughs> Whoa. Before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites and continue that ever continuing story of Carryover Champ and Carryover Chump. I had a pretty brutal time last time, but look, I'm, I'm going to do my best this time and uh, see how we go. Uh, Nathan, mm. you're, you're, you're a man of science. What have you picked? Uh, for my favourite, it's uh, Easy Pick right here, right now. Um, but I will keep Never Had So Much Fun as my champ. Uh, my least favourite is... Uh, it's either Powderfinger or Alex Lloyd. Let's go with Alex Lloyd. Um, okay. But he's not my new chump. Yeah. Stick with the tea party. Yeah, neither. My favourite this week, right here. I love... I try and, like, I, I acknowledge its importance. But if I'm talking just, like absolute favourite songs from this five then yeah I'd have to go with right here right now I reckon I'll hold on to Miss You Love for another week and uh, yeah see how we go from there uh, least favourite I guess Lucky Star but yeah like I said I, I do pay it to an extent definitely not my chump uh, that that is still held by uh, Mr. Robert Marley himself it's a ditto from me my fave was right here right now but it's not my it's not my champ which remains from Ron going out tonight my least fave Alex Lloyd though my chump remains the Bob Marley remix mm-hmm. my my favourite is right here, right now. Very clearly, it. Uh, I'm tempted, but I'm going to hang on to emotion sickness. Temptation. <laughs> My least favourite is already gone, but I. The the tea party gives me so much strength, and I just want to give a shout out to um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I feel so dumb still. 
It when was I, very funny. No, when I come in next week, I'm going to know so much about, about fucking space. <laughs> oh. I'm going to fucking... I'm going to come in... It doesn't come up. It will it come, will come up. up. It'll fucking come up. I'm going to come in it here, I'm up. just going to be like, hey... I, well, I can't, well, you don't know I it can't yet, even yeah. imagine what yeah. the things I'm yeah. going to say. All right, well, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison... Bye. Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. Mr. Adam Buncher. See ya. My name is Neil deGrasse Tyson, and everything is good for you, baby. Oh, 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 o